Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Ah, wow. This egg cream is delicious. I wish the chocolate syrup inside wasn't so expensive. If you'd like to save some shekels and have some fun at the same time, make sure you tune into King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. What to build? What to build? Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin! Oh, hi there! Welcome back to Pflugerville and Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. I'm Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat. And I'm Guy Neville, the heroic motorbike maniac of Pflugerville. It's great to be here podcasting with you today, Guy Neville. Oh, and check it out! I brought you a snack. Uh, these are flip-flops. These are my flip-flops. I've been looking for these. Yeah, I took them when you weren't looking. So that I could make you a healthy snack. You're welcome. Uh, did you cover them with lettuce, olives, and mayonnaise? Like I said, healthy. You're welcome. Uh, Kapow, I really appreciate you making me a snack. But uh, I'd rather wear my flip-flops than eat my flip-flops. Humans really can't eat non-food items. Dang, I really wanted us to share a snack. Eating together is an important part of friendship in mechanical pygmy goat culture. (sighs) Well, I I appreciate the thought, Kapow, but I'm afraid when it comes to diet, we just don't have a lot in common. But uh, that's okay, because we still have plenty of things that we do share. Totally! For example, our butts both play music. My butt doesn't play tunes, actually. Oh no! I'm so sorry, buddy! It's okay, I'm fine with my silent booty. What I was talking about was that we both love podcasting about invention, and we both super duper love today's invention, the NPS. Oh, heck yeah we do! The NPS is the best! I pledge allegiance to the National Pygmy Goat Service. Uh, no, the NPS is the National Park Service. Oh, right! (laughs) That's an even better service! In fact, The National Park Service might just be one of my favorite things ever invented! The National Park Service maintains and protects some of the most beautiful places in the world so that everyone can enjoy Mother Earth. Exactly, Kapow. The National Parks are a gift to everyone on the planet, humans and animals alike. And the National Park Service is why we have them. So, I tell you what. My goatly friend, since we can both agree on that, let's put aside these uh, lettuce-covered flip-flops and talk about the invention of the NPS. Dale, can I start? Can I? Can I? Go for it, Kapow. Sweet! The National Park Service, or NPS, is a federal agency within the U.S. Department of the Interior. 
they manage over 84 million acres across all the US. But just because the NPS is as American as apple pie, doesn't mean they haven't impacted the whole world. The NPS has inspired other countries around the world and showed them the path to protecting their own national treasures. That's right, Kapow. The spirit of the National Park Service has spread across the globe and made the world a better place. And thank goodness it did, because without that, we'd have lost a lot. You see, before the 19th century, a lot of the people on this planet viewed nature as something to use, just like a place to get ingredients for dinner and resources that could be turned into clothing and shelter. Though it should be said that many of the indigenous people of the planet, like Native American tribes, recognized that nature had a bigger value than just serving people and should be protected and cherished. Very true. They understood that humans are a part of nature, but unfortunately, others didn't. But while Native Americans were in North America living in harmony with nature, there were some in Europe who were trying to do the same thing. And well, uh, sort of. A long time ago, wealthy landowners in Europe began to conserve or save and protect. Trees for timber and wildlife for game hunting. No, well, this isn't the same as protecting nature for its natural value. Using the gifts of nature responsibly was at least a start. Little did these Europeans realize that they had started something that America would innovate into something amazing. It really started with art. You see, popular 19th century American writers, including Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, and Walt Whitman drew inspiration from nature while painters of that era tried to recreate the beauty of the American landscape around them. The art they created wasn't just popular, it reminded people of the magic of the natural world and helped create the conservation movement. Conservation, the idea of protecting things for the future, became a big part of American thinking. Now, around the same time, American settlers and explorers had started to travel west, where they found themselves face to face with places of jaw-dropping beauty like California's Yosemite Valley, and the area along Wyoming's Yellowstone River. Some of these people didn't think it was enough to just experience these places themselves. They wanted to share the joy. Most important among these people was a man named John Muir. John was obsessed with American West's natural beauty and protecting it for the future generations. He spent every second he was out enjoying nature, writing about it, so that the people who weren't fortunate enough to see it themselves could experience through the pages of his work. But some people wanted to cut down the beautiful trees for lumber and build cities on beautiful land. If these areas were going to make it, they would need protection. So, in 1864, President Abraham Lincoln created the Yosemite Grant Act to protect land in Yosemite Valley. This was the first time the US federal government had set aside land specifically for preservation and public use. And it was the seed that would grow into the invention of the national parks. People loved this act. They wanted more. There was just so much beautiful land that needed protecting. So, in 1872, the United States Congress passed another act that set aside 1,221,773 acres of public land in the future states of Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho to be protected. They called this act the Yellowstone National Park Protection Act, and it created Yellowstone, the world's first national park. More national parks followed, including Mackinac National Park, Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon, and Yosemite National Park in California. In 1906, the President of the United States was named Theodore Roosevelt, also known as Teddy. Now, Teddy was a man who loved nature, and he wanted to be able to protect even more land. So, he created the Antiquities Act, 
which gave presidents the authority to create national monuments to preserve areas of natural or historic interest on public lands. Now, while the idea of protecting land was great, actually doing it wasn't easy. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, each national park monument was independently managed, and not everyone got it right. In Yellowstone, for instance, explorer Nathaniel Langford was appointed the park's first superintendent. The problem was, he was given a job to protect the land, but he wasn't given any money or staff to do it. All by himself, with no tools, he just wasn't able to protect animals and plants of the park. So, in 1886, the U.S. Army assumed control of the park, and with their training and funding, they actually were able to keep Yellowstone safe. But Army soldiers weren't experts when it came to nature. So, in 1916, President Woodrow Wilson created the National Park Service, or NPS, a special government unit whose mission was to conserve the scenery, natural, and historic objects and wildlife within the parks. And over 100 years later, the National Park Service is still fulfilling their mission. Today, they oversee 417 parks and monuments covering more than 84 million acres. Over 300 million people visited sites within the National Park System every year. It's an amazing thing the NPS does, and their hard work makes the world a better place. But as good as they are, the NPS can't do it alone. That's right, Kapow. We all have to work together to protect national parks and the environment itself if we want to be able to enjoy its beauty. So go out and visit the national parks as often as possible and say thank you to the rangers and the big hats. But don't forget that while you're having fun, make sure that you make sure to leave the land the way you found it so that the next person can enjoy it as much as you did. Or goat! Well, I don't know about you, Guy, but I'm itching to go outside and see some nature. You in? You know it. But before we go, if you have any questions about the NPS, Conservation, Pflugerville, or me, Guy Neville, send it to us at gokidgo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. Oh, and one last note. I get a lot of excitement as Lucy Wow's sidekick. Sometimes it overwhelms me and I just, well, you know, faint. But today I got the most exciting news and I, and I, oh, is it kapow? Deep breaths, <laughs> don't faint. I'm on a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sticker and God, I'm famous. The most famous mechanical pygmy goat to ever live. Go to gokidgo.com and check me out. And as always, go kid go. Go kid go. Do you like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.